Well, good morning. We thank you for being here this morning. Let us now go to God's word. Sorry, I could not do that. All right, so I hope you uh, know I'm a little fired up this morning. Um, I, I won't apologize for that. Uh, I just love Jesus, and, and I love, love, love life change. Amen? And so I'm going to try to stay on script, though, all right? <laughs> so I will stay in this because if not, if I get out from over here, uh, we're in trouble, all right? Lubies will close before we uh, get there. So I'm going to try to stay on script this morning. All right, my name is Casey Benson. I'm the campus pastor here. Uh, open your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 17. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. I love how we go to basketball games, we'll go to football games, we go to concerts, and they'll introduce the person who's coming out on stage, and they're, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the Bieber, and he will come out, and people will just go nuts. They will cheer and clap and shout and just have a, here's whatever band, or they're just, here's this person, and we just go nuts, but we come to church and go, hey, open our Bibles, and it's like, crickets. I think if we got excited for Jesus, like we do for these people of the world, things might change. Amen? Yeah. Uh, so let me do it. Let me, let me try again. Hey, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. That's how you celebrate God's Word. Now, here's what's going to happen. Pastor Key will be back here next Sunday. Uh, and if that happens, he might, okay, you know. <laughs> So let's be careful with that. All right. But I'm excited today. It's good to, you know, just to, just to celebrate what God's doing. But before we get going, as you open your Bibles to that, I want to uh, tell you about something we have here. We haven't mentioned this in a while. So I want to throw this up there if you, if you have it there. But we give out a gift, uh, and it's to everybody, whether you've gotten this or not. This is an incredible resource, uh, resource for you, okay? It is Right Now Media. We just did a Right Now Media conference, and uh, a lot of great stuff. And it's like we'd say the Netflix for Christians kind of thing, uh, but it's our gift to you. And so if you don't have this, you put it on your computer, you can download it on your phone, you can put it on your, uh, your YouTube, I mean, I'm talking about your, your television, lots of great stuff here. If you don't have one of these, please stop by our connection table on the way out and grab one of these, connect with us in that. It's a great, great resource that we offer here at this church, amen? Good stuff. Let me jump in, all right? First of all, I titled this thing, Living Out Our New Identity. Living Out the New Identity, okay? So we're going to walk through these scriptures today. Uh, and so stay with me in this. And I'm going to give you some points in this uh, and, and challenge us a little bit to live in the new life, all right? So living out our new identity. And the first point I kind of have for you here is our life before Jesus was dark. And we see this in 17 through 19. Our life before Jesus was dark. Here's what Paul's writing now. He's writing to the Ephesians. And this is what he tells them, starting in, I'm going to do 14, uh, 4, 17 through 19. Read this with me. So I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding, and they're separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to to the hardening of their hearts. Now look at this. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality as to indulge in every kind of impurity. They are full of greed. I'm going to stop right there. So Paul now is giving now a, uh, a charge to these guys, and we've been walking through Ephesians. Now he's basically saying, hey, listen, if you, if life before Jesus was dark, 
Life before God, before coming, having Christ in your life, it, it, it's very dark. I like how the, EV, the EVS, uh, EVS puts this. I threw it up here so you can see it. It says, now that I say, he says, now this I say, and I testify in the Lord. Look what he says here. He says, that you must no longer walk as Gentiles do. He is using the Gentiles here as a, showing us that the pagan life and the pagans do not walk as the Gentiles do, he says. Don't walk in that. See, the Bible uses the word walk a lot. We talk about that in Christian language. Walking with the Lord, walking with the pagans, you know. Hey, I'm walking together. Or are you, are you walk? One of the things that we talk to, when I talk to Christians a lot, I ask them this question. Hey, are you walking with God? Because it's different if you just say, yeah, I believe in him. But are you walking with him? And I like how this verse uses that. It says, don't walk as the Gentiles do. Well, see, I like karaoke. I don't know if you know this about myself. I'm a love, love karaoke guy, uh, but I'm horrible at it. Okay, just so you know. I'm terrible at karaoke, but I love karaoke. Now, Pastor Key, if you know this about Pastor Key, he loves karaoke as well, but he's actually good at it. We actually have karaoke parties. You probably don't know this. Just Pastor Key and I in my office, we have karaoke parties. No. No, but he is really good at it. At our karaoke parties, if you're standing in line, he'll do five songs with you. Okay, sir, you have to move along, you know. But he's really good at it. Me, not so much, okay? I'm not good at it at all, but I do like to participate because everybody else is participating. I want to be a singer, but I'm not. So I usually pick songs that are more story-based or more talk songs, you know what I mean? Like Johnny Cash songs. Well, I ran across a Johnny Cash song that I thought, well, I know I can sing this one. And look, at, I want to show you something real quick. Uh, he wrote this song called I Walk the Line. Maybe you've heard of it. And he wrote this song, look at this, he wrote, wrote this song as a pledge to his wife saying, I'm all in with you. It's a really neat song, and some of the lyrics go like this. I'm kidding, no, 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 I'm joking. <laughs> Come on, there's like a split second, some of you are like, oh my word, he's going to sing. Some of y'all started headed for the exit. No, I'm not. But I thought you would enjoy that. Okay. <laughs> Let me read. I'm going to read his lines. You want to hear me sing, come to our karaoke parties, okay? All right. Here's what he says. I want you to hear this, though. Let's get serious again. Okay, he wrote this. Since you've been mine, listen to this, I walk the line. This is part of the lines. Oh, I admit I'm a fool for you. Since you've been mine, I walk the line. It's kind of neat there. He's writing to his wife, of course, and he's writing, writing saying, hey, listen, seeing that you and I are married now and we're together, I'm going to walk the line. Something very familiar is going on here in Ephesians as well. He's talking to the Ephesians, and they've entered into a new relationship with the Lord. They've entered into a new relationship with Christ here, and he's saying, hey, listen, if you were walking with God and you're walking with him, walk the line. Walk the right line. They are to walk worthy of the calling which which they have been called, a life of devotion to their Savior. He's saying walk the line. Paul's also saying in verse 17 through 19, he reminds the Ephesian Christians and us, before we came to know Christ, our minds, our hearts, and our actions are dark. Listen to this. Before we know Jesus, our, our minds are dark, our hearts are dark, and that's going to make our actions dark. 
A couple of things. I, I, I want to walk through the mind, heart, and actions real quick. So the mind. So he says that we lived in futility of our minds or the futility of our thinking. So our minds then are dark. This means we live useless, worthless, meaningless lives. Listen to this. Futility actually means pointless or useless. What a description of futility. And if we walk as the pagans do, and we walk in where we're not supposed to walk, then our minds are darkened before we know Jesus. A foolish method aiming at a foolish goal. You see, God wants us, he, 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 we're darkened, and he wants us to follow him. Sin produces a, a, a malfunction of the mind. And so if the mind isn't right, and the mind is darkened, and we're walking now in, 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 in the darkness, our minds, it's going to affect our what? Everybody say heart. It's going to affect our heart. See, Paul says that the non-Christian is alienated uh, from the life of God. See, what happens is sin and unbelief separates us from God and others. It affects our heart. They have no life. Our hearts are dead. They also have a hard heart. The heart becomes hard and darkened. It becomes calloused. Those who don't know Jesus feel convicted, but they don't respond. They tend to recruit others on their sin journey because the mind isn't right, the heart isn't right. And if the heart isn't right and the mind's not right, here's the next thing that's not going to be right. And Paul talks about this, and that's our actions. Our actions are not going to be right. The result of a dark mind and a, and a hardened heart is this. He even says it in the scripture. He says, and I'm going to read it again. I'm going to go back over here. He says, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality as to indulge in every kind of impurity. They're indulging in this impurity because why? The mind is dark, the heart is dark, and now the actions become dark. There is a lack of moral restraint that happens here and often leads to sexual obsessions and total perversion of the way God made us. So he says, hey, get the mind right, get the heart right, get the actions right. Which kind of leads me into the next scripture here in uh, 22 through 24. Write this down if you're writing this down. This is what this says. Following Jesus means our life will be different. Following Jesus means our life will be different. He writes this. Read this with me in 22 through 24. He says, that, however, is not the way of life you learned. Hang on to that one. We're going to come back to it. He says, however, this is not the way of life you've learned. Remember, he's talking to the Ephesians. He is now talking to those who are Christians, those who know Jesus. He says, this is, however, not the way of life you, that you've learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. He says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off, and by say, the old self. And by say, old self. He says, put off the old self, which is being corrupted in its deceitful desires, to be made new. Everybody say, put on the new self. He says, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Mm, there's so much there. It's so great to look at because what he's saying is, is that live as new creations in Christ. If we're going to flip the script with our minds, if we're going to flip the script with some of our thinking, then we have to understand if you are a Christian in this room and you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
and you have that relationship with him, we have to flip the script in our minds and know that our identity is in Christ. Our identity is in Jesus and live as a new creation in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, when the old is gone, the new has come. It says, when you become one with Christ, when you make that decision, when you step over that line on Thursday night that Hudson did, when he said, I'm stepping over that line, you know what about Christ his whole life, stepped over that line and went all in. He became a new creation, a new creature. The old is gone. The new has come. Yes, thank you. Amen. That is an amen right there. Then he gives us a picture. He gives us pictures here. He talks about learning. He says, now Paul explains why we must not live as pagans. Now he's explaining why. Remember, he says, don't walk as pagans walk. Let me tell you why you shouldn't walk that way. He's talking to Christians. Let me tell you why you shouldn't walk worldly and do worldly things. Let me kind of walk you through this, he says. He says, he explains why we must not live as pagans. We become new creations. We accept Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. We become a brand new creation. This is why, this is not the way you learned, he said. Listen to this. Remember, let's go back up to that one. He said, this isn't the way you, that you learned it. They didn't go to school for this. I want you to hear this part, right? He didn't go to school for this. We've got to remember our Christ-centered edu- education. This education is not formal education, but transformational education. Because when you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, when you're transformed, when you have that moment when you followed Christ, listen to this, that we learned about him, a living person. It's not about him, it's him. Then he gives us a picture of changing clothes. He says, taking off the old garments of sinful vices and putting it away and putting on graces, putting on the graces of Christians. I've shared this story before. I'm going to share it again because it's just too good. But there was this guy, and he was standing at, he had owned some land. He was standing at the kitchen looking out his window, and he's watching his son play outside. And he's got this son. He's, I don't know, he's probably about six or seven years old, and he's outside. He's playing. He's having a good time. And he's starting to look closer of, like, what's going on out there? And as he looks closer, his son has found a dead raccoon. I've looked out my window and saw a lot of things my kid's doing outside, but never seen them playing with a dead raccoon. I can only imagine. So this guy's like, what is he doing? And he's got it on the ground. He's picking up and carrying it. He's petting it. I mean, he's going crazy with it. He threw it up over his shoulder, and now he's running and going, as I go through the jungle. You know, he's, he's playing the crocodile hunter with his dead raccoon. The dad's finally like, okay, we can't do this. So he jumps out. He runs out there and goes, hey, buddy, you can't play with a dead raccoon. And he had pretty much raccoon all over him. And he says, here's what you need to do. I'm about to go bury this thing. We're going to get rid of it on our property. I need you to go inside and take a shower and get clean and come back out here and help me bury this raccoon. Kid said, yes, sir, dad. Went inside, took a shower, comes back out. Dad's out there with a, with a, with a shovel, and he's digging a hole to bury this raccoon that his son somehow found, might have killed. I don't know. And he comes back out, and he sees him. He's wearing the same clothes. He said, didn't I tell you to go take a shower? He said, I did go take a shower, Dad. I went in there, took a shower, and I put my clothes back on. Listen to this. He went inside. He cleaned himself up. He took a shower and then put back the old clothes on again. Doesn't that preach? Think about this. So he then tells him, no, 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 no. Listen to me. I need you to go inside. You're going to put on new clothes. Okay, you're going to clean yourself again, take another shower, okay? He's probably a middle schooler, probably hadn't taken a shower in about, you know, eight days. So he says, go in there, take another shower, and put on the new clothes, and bring me the old ones. 
So he comes out, he brings out the old clothes, he, you know, got them in a bag or whatever, and he says, here, Dad, you know, whatever. And he took the old clothes, and he was able to give a great description of taking off the old and putting on the new. He said, hey, listen, this is the old, this is the gross, this is the garbage. We're not even going to wash these. We're getting rid of them. And he threw them in the hole with the raccoon and buried it. Guys, too many times as Christians, let's just be real for a second, too many times as believers, as Christians, where God says take off the old self, but we take it off for that moment. Maybe some of you will walk up to this altar and you'll pray and you'll get right with God and you'll lay it down at his feet. And as you're walking out the door, you'll turn back around and go, you know, I, I, I might need that. I, I may want that back there. I, I, you know, it, it gave me joy at certain times. And, it, it, and, and we won't truly surrender. and We won't truly take off that old self. And we keep putting on that, that, that old self. And you keep wearing that old self. And then you're asking yourself these questions. Why is everything falling apart? He says, take off the new and put on, I mean, take off the old and put on the new. Listen, oh, get me back over here. Sorry, get me here. When we become Christians, he talks about we don't merely learn the teachings of Jesus. We, we are developed in a relationship with him. It's not just knowing about Christ. It's about knowing Christ. It's about actually having a relationship with Jesus. That's the most important thing. Christianity is about knowing a living person. That's Jesus Christ. And we learn that by knowing him. He wants to make sure in this passage, when he's talking to the Ephesians, he wants to make sure that they have come to know Christ. He says, listen, uh, uh, if not, then we, you, if you don't know Jesus in this room, cannot live the new life. You can't live a new life unless you know him. Christianity is not about moral rule keeping. Christianity is not about religious attendance, the warm fuzzies that you might feel, believing in a God, saying, well, I believe in a God. That's not what it's about. It's not about doing good or, or knowing facts about Christ. Guys, look at me. It's about knowing him, having a relationship with him, a living, breathing person who says, I love you. I care about you. I died for you. I've given you life. It's about knowing him. That's what it's about. There was this little girl, and she went to the, with the, to the doctor's office with her mother, and, and she's in there, and, and they have to come in and give her a shot. And the nurse asked her, honey, where would you like the shot? Which arm would you like it? And the little girl looks up and says, I would like it in my mommy's arm. <laughs> Many times I wish I would have said that. But listen to me right here. Let me break this down. Mommy can't take the shot for us. And she can't believe in Jesus for you either. Too many times we have this faith that belonged to our parents, or this faith that we belong to our pastor, or this faith that we belong to these. The faith comes in Jesus. The faith comes in knowing him. That's where the faith comes from. Knowing that you have a relationship with Jesus. Listen, it's owning your own faith. If we did not just see a picture of that today. Owning your own faith saying it's about my faith. I grew up in the church my whole life with this going, yes, Jesus is now my Jesus. Amen. That's what it's about. In Christ, we're made new in several different ways, but I put these and I'm going to kind of cut through here pretty quickly, so hang on. In Christ, we're made new in the redemption of our identity. He says to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, that he has redeemed us that he has set us free, that we have a new identity in Jesus. 
Also, the attitude of our minds in Romans chapter 12 says that we've been transformed by the renewing of our minds. The attitude of our minds to be made new in that attitude of our minds. And the last is the direction of our lives. Because when we, when we go all in, when we ask him to rescue us, to save us, to give us life, to give us hope, to give us a place in heaven, when we truly acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, and when we go all in, then our direction of our life changes. I'm telling you, too many times I've seen this, and you've seen me do this a million times, but it's a great picture. If you're walking along and you say, oh, I've had an encounter with God. Oh, yeah, he spoke to me. He, he did this or whatever. And you keep going in the same direction. You may have had just some warm fuzzies. You, you might have had just something happen to you. But it, it doesn't change you. Because what's supposed to happen is the direction that we're going in this direction, walking as pagans do or whatever it may be, and we have an encounter with God, it changes now our direction. And it gives us a new direction. And this last point right here, write this down. It says, live a life worthy of your brand new identity. Live a life worthy of the brand new identity. Read this with me in Ephesians starting in verse 25. It says, therefore, each of you must put off the falsehood. He says, and speak truthfully. Basically, stop lying. All right? He says, speak truthfully to your neighbors, for we are all members of one body. If you're, if you're angry, do not, let the, uh, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work by doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those who need in those who are in need, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful or helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may uh, benefit those who listen. It says, get rid of all bitterness, get rid of all rage, anger, while you're driving down I-35 in Mopac. Did he write that in there? Sorry, that was, I think he was talking to me on that one. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling. Some of y'all need to quit brawling. I've seen you. I've seen you out there throwing hands. All right, look. Brawling, slander, along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. He says, listen, this is your new life. This is what we're supposed to do. Live that new life. Live that new identity in Christ. Here's what the old identity says. Lie. See, the old identity says, go ahead and lie. It's okay. Go ahead. Go to bed angry. That's fine. Steal something if you have to. Unwholesome talk. Hey, that's fine. Bitterness, rage, brawling, slander, all that. Hey, that's good. But that's the old life. And those of you that are Christians in this room, the new life says, tell the truth. Don't give the devil a foothold. Share with others. Build others up. Be kind and compassionate. And look at this last one. He says, forgive others. Too many times we hold on to unforgiveness. We hold on to things in our hearts. And he's saying, you can't do that any longer. You're a new, you have new identity. I'll close with this. We have to not believe the lies that have been told to us. I know some of you in this room have been lied to. And what I mean that some of you in this room have been lied to, maybe your whole life you've been told something that you're not. Maybe your whole life that you've been told either by the enemy, the devil, maybe, maybe you've been told by somebody, a bully, somebody, I don't know, maybe even a parent that you are worthless. 
You see, that was my story of my identity. See, my identity was growing up that my father was this alcoholic drug addict, and many of you know my story, but here's the thing, that he would tell me all the time that I was worthless, I was nothing, I would never amount to anything. My father told me multiple times that I was better off dead. He told me multiple times that I was a mistake, and I heard that over and over and over in my life that my own father, who's supposed to love me, told me that these things about myself, and I started to believe that lie. And I know there's some of you in this room that maybe you've grown up with whatever lie and you start to believe that about yourself. And I'm here to tell you that's not the way of the Lord. That he loves you, that he cares for you, that you're beautifully and perfectly made. And he loves you no matter what the world has told you. And I remember the first time in my life that I remember God speaking to me about my identity, about who I am in Christ. It was when we were having our first son, Colton, and 19 years old. It's crazy to think. He's 19, almost 20 years old now. He's at Army West Point playing basketball. And, and, and that many years ago, I remember God speaking to me directly. And we're in the room. We have this moment where we came in, and she's about to give birth and do all that. And, 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 and it was a joyful room. We go in. They had curtains, a television, and I'm watching Sports Center. And we're like, all right, we're going to have a baby today, right? And then all of a sudden, everything went haywire. The contraction started. And I'm like, oh, this is not friendly and fun anymore. This is real. So she's starting to, you know, do this thing. And we went to the classes, right? And so she's like, and so I jump in, right? And I'm right there in her face. And she, I'm going, come on, baby, you can do this. And she's doing it too. And I'm like, yeah, you can do it. And eventually she reaches up and she grabs my face and pushes me off and says, I'm saying, shh, stop talking. I thought it was part of the Lamaze thing. And she's going, shh, 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 shut up. All right. And we're in this room and they had the heartbeat monitor on and the heartbeat monitor was just thumping. It was, it goes super fast. And I'm like, my boy got a heartbeat. It is so fast. He's going to be quick. I don't know, you know. And so the heartbeat's going. It's just, you know, everything's happening. It's a really cool moment. And all of a sudden now, after about 16 to 19 hours of that, yeah, that's how long it was. We're in the room. Things aren't happening what they're supposed to happen. We've already had a miscarriage, the pregnancy before this. So then those doubts start happening. Those things start happening in your chest, in your heart. And all of a sudden I'm hearing this beep, 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 flat lines. I've seen enough movies to know that's not a good sound. I'm watching the doctors, they threw my wife in this different position, they put oxygen on her. And this woman who's standing there, she's shaking my wife's belly. Now nurses and doctors are running everywhere and I'm like stepping back going, what is happening? What is going on? What is, you know, and I'm kind of freaking out a little bit and she's shaking the belly and I'll never forget this. 19 years ago, almost 20 years ago, this woman looks up and she points my direction and says, daddy. And I went, why is this woman's dad in here? I've not been called daddy yet. He hadn't come out. I had no idea. She goes, daddy. And she points at me. And I'm still in my head going, what in the world is this woman's dad doing in this operating room? 
in this delivery room, right? Is he the doctor? I'm just really freaking out. And one more time, she's looking at me, and I'm still, it's this panic moment of beep. It's super loud. She yells at me again, Daddy, get over here and talk to this baby. Talk to your son. I went, okay. I don't know. So I run over there. I cut my hands and I put them on her stomach. And I don't know what to say at this point. I'm like going, I don't. I, and so I just do this. Hey, you get out of there. I don't know. I just said it. I go, you get, you get out of there. You know, I'm like, hey, you get out of there. And I go, I want to see you, man. And I can't, you can't make this kind of stuff up. And you can ask my wife, man. As soon as I said, hey, I want to see, it goes, beep, 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 the heart came back. I looked down and I said, I really did. And the doctor looks and she looks at him, looks at me and says, this baby has to come out now. And they rushed her out of there. This woman who called me daddy and the doctor and the nurses, gone from this pandemonium of all this craziness that was happening to a dead silence. As I'm standing now in this middle of this room, I'm standing there by myself. Everyone had walked out. Everyone had left. I believe her mother was in there. They had made her leave. And I'm standing there alone by myself with this mentality and identity that I had grown up with my whole life, that I'll never be a good dad. I'll never be a good person. I'm worthless. I was nothing. I could never make it. And there's all those things were hitting me going, I can't be a dad. And while I was standing there in this room, God said this to me. It was the first time he really spoke to me about who I am. He says, I got you. He says, you're going to be an amazing dad, and here's why. Because I'm your daddy. Don't listen to the lies that you've been told. I got you. You're made new in me. And I remember having this overwhelming rush of peace, this overwhelming rush of going, I, I got this. That doesn't mean I was going to not have mistakes and mess up. Of course you do that as a parent. Have you met my kids? I'm talking, <laughs> of course. But in that moment, God spoke to me and says, I got you. Your identity is in me, not the lies you've been told. So listen to me, I don't know what lies you've been told. I don't know what you've grown up with. I don't know what your parents have said to you, what a spouse has said to you, what someone mean has said to you. I need y'all to look at me, look at me right here. But knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior changes everything. It changes it all. Because when he becomes one, when he becomes one with you, he says, I will take off the old, that old self and I will give you a new self. And he says this, when you follow and you step over that line and you become one with Christ, he says, your identity is now in him, not the lies that you've been told. So I ask every one of you in this room to look in your hearts right now and ask yourself this question. I'm just being real this morning with you. Do you know Jesus this morning? Hey, do you have a relationship with the Lord this morning? Do you know if your heart was a stop and you were to die? Do you know 
that you know Christ this morning. Not known about him, not grown up in a Christian life, in a Christian home. That's what I'm asking this morning. I'm not asking if you could tell me the Bible. I'm not asking if you could quote scriptures. I'm asking you to very really look into your heart and say, hey God, do I know you personally? If Michael Jordan, I know everything there is about Michael Jordan. Growing up with a basketball fan and knowing my, I know everything about him. But the one thing I can say is I don't really know him. I just know about him. So my question to you this morning is, do you know him? Do you know him? Would you close your eyes and be real still? And I'm going to pray for us and we'll worship a little bit. And we'll be done. Hey, would you look into your hearts this morning? Would you ask yourself... Maybe even ask God, hey, God, do I, do I really know you or do I just know about you? Maybe some of you, God is speaking to you this morning. Maybe some of you are saying, hey, listen, man, that's my story. I, I tell you, that is my story. Maybe some of you have Hudson's story this morning and say, man, I've grown up my, my whole life. But I just need to surrender and go all in and give my life to him. And those of you that know Christ this morning, you have a relationship with him, hey, would you begin to pray right now? Would you pray right now and ask God to move in the hearts of somebody that may not know him this morning? So as I ask you to look into your heart, does it make you a bad person? It just makes you not knowing Jesus. Would you just look in and maybe if it's not, maybe this is the moment right here where you could take off that old and put on the new in Christ and begin to have a new identity in Jesus. So if that is you, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. This is not a magic prayer. This is not something that's magic here. This is just a conversation that you have with Jesus. It's you just kind of saying, hey, God. I need you. The greatest decision I ever made in my life was the day that I chose to follow Christ. I knew nothing of the Bible. I knew nothing of anything. I just knew that he loved me and he wanted a relationship with me and I went all in. It's the greatest decision of my life. It could be yours today. So let God move in your heart. If you're saying, hey, that's me. I just need Jesus to save me this morning, rescue this me this morning. The Bible says this, you confess with your mouth, but you believe in your heart. And too many people miss Jesus because they have a whole lot of head knowledge and they miss the heart. So has he changed you? Do you need him this morning? If that's you, then you can pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus... I need you. I believe in my heart that you are real, that you love me, that you died for me. And God, I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me of my mistakes, my sins. And God, thank you for Jesus who paid for those sins, who rescued me on that cross. And now I know that that's my identity. That's who I am. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me hope, giving me life. 
I'm ready to go all in. God, I'm ready to be unashamed, unafraid, and follow you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, no one looking around, eyes still closed. So anybody in this room this morning that asked Jesus to come into your life, would you put your hand up and say, that's me. If you ask Jesus to come into your life and rescue you this morning, would you put it up real high? All over this room. Be honest with me this morning. This isn't, this, this is for salvation. This isn't rededication. This isn't repentance. This is for salvation. This morning that you believe that Jesus Christ came into your life and rescued you and saved you, would you put your hand up right now and say, I prayed that prayer with you. Real high. All over this room. All right, put your hands down. You prayed that prayer this morning and your life has changed. Your life is new. I'm going to encourage you, though, during our next song, and we're going to sing and we're going to worship here this next moment. And maybe some of you have received Christ. Maybe some of you know Jesus already. But maybe that, this, that, that, that symbol of baptism today you're saying, hey, listen, I, I want to go all in with baptism. I, I, maybe you prayed and received Christ and you want to come up and say, okay, what's the next step? And we can do it today. We can do it the next week. It doesn't matter. But I want to give you a time to respond in this moment. We're going to sing. We're going to pray. And I'm going to stand right down here. And if you prayed and asked Jesus to come into your life, I'm going to ask you to come down. If, if, if this morning that you're saying, I need baptism, I'm going to ask you to come down. We're here to pray with you. And this is your time of response to come and just maybe just need to give some God some things. Maybe some of you just need to take off some old stuff and leave it at this altar this morning and say, I'm not picking it up any longer. I'm leaving it here. Amen. Father, we love you. God, I thank you so much for your goodness. I thank you for this morning. I thank you for just the baptism, the Lord's Supper, all the things we got to experience in your worship this morning. I thank you for those who went all in with you this morning, those who prayed to receive you this morning, God. I pray you move in their hearts to move them to this altar, God. I pray for those in this room who have not gone through with believers' baptism, but know this time, know it's ready, they're ready to go all in, that they will move out of their seats this morning with unashamed and unafraidness. God, have your way in this place this morning during this time of response. Have your way in this place this morning with your people. Move us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, would you stand? This is your time. Come on.